Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the crumple-horned snorlock of Mangum Reeds. We are three muggles, one of whom has dispersed lumpy knit hats to her partners. My name is Sarah, joined as always by my co-host BJ and Spencer. Guys, did I inadvertently give you your freedom last Christmas? I uh, didn't realize it at the time, but I'm suddenly disturbed as to what this, for, this, this portends. You know, I, I, I did not <laughs> well, know. Well, hey, Spencer's definitely not free. He's still in Florida, and those hats were in lumpy, so... <laughs> I, I, I did not realize the toboggan came with an uns- unstated contract. I'm suddenly disturbed. And he received socks previously, so so we know uh, clothing does not re- true. relieve him from bondage. Ultimately, slavery's in the mind. I think I've just, I think I've pioneered that, despite the sheer number of socks. <laughs> Well, on that note, we are here in Chapter 13 of the Fifth Book of Harry Potter, uh, Detention with Dolores. <laughs> here we are, guys. Yeah, we had a certain degree of debate in the last chapter as to what the hell we could expect out of this. I don't think that we, I don't think we really called evil, scarring, blood-inking object. I don't think I factored I mean, in that with what we were pondering. It was kind of close to, uh, like, that embedding a, like some magic in him but not not as is though i am curious to see if the uh if this will do something other than cause pain because if it's just to cause pain that's going to be a fascinating little thing in umbridge's uh personality mind and a bunch of other things yeah we we will still need to explore the linger effects we will need to see Oh, this is a weird thing to say. We will need to see Harry without his shirt on to know what effect that one was that he described but never actually directly looked at in terms of that pain he felt in his <laughs> chest afterwards. Did he have a pain in his chest? I don't remember a pain in his chest. He had a pain in his head. I thought he actually said he had a pain in his chest too, but I may, may be remembering that wrong. Oh, that it might be. I'm not sure. Um, well, we have some segments that we do here. Yeah. We have a we have a rapid fire recap. <laughs> sure. We have. Uh, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer, uh, we award house points, and then there are questions and queries and qualms and quibbles. I don't know. Sarah, do you have a hope in hell of doing under two minutes when it comes to this surprisingly long and dense chapter? So, for real though, it's like halfway through the chapter before we get to the titular detention with Dolores. Day one, Um, too. Yeah, and we have three in total. I, I don't know. This is going to be just trying to get under two minutes. I have no idea where we're going to end up here, what it's going to look like. So the um, penalty I, for for over 210 is you have to write lines that say, I will not go over time. I will uh, wait for you to supply me with a quill for that, BJ. BJ, if you have a quill to that effect, I have many questions to come, well, come out with. Well, un- under two minutes, Sarah, is the goal? Uh, we're going to try. All right. I have written it down. I have now written it down. I have a stopwatch ready whenever you are. Post Umbridge showdown, the rumors are still flying about Harry, and they're getting bolder. Hermione thinks their classmates didn't all believe Dumbledore in the first place. Hermione's also pissed Dumbledore led Umbridge in the building. Then Hermione spies the twins fe- trying out fainting fancies, and kids are slumping over all over the place. She threatens to tell Mrs. Weasley. The twins stalk off, and Hermione comes back mad that Ron didn't help. She's also been busy. She's laying out lumpy hand-knit hats around the common room for the house elves to accidentally pick up. Then there's another row about the ethics of tr- tricking house elves into freedom. They disperse to bed in a huff. 
The day's classes pass in a blur of owl talk, with Hagrid still missing from uh, Care of Magical Creatures and Grubbly Plank doing an annoyingly good lesson on bow truffles and not answering any questions about Hagrid's whereabouts. But Malfoy has some ideas and is full of insinuations both about Hagrid and the new teaching standards from the Ministry. On the way to Herbology, they run into Luna, who states emphatically that she believes Harry, but her bizarre appearance and mentions of blibbering humdingers don't instill confidence. At dinner, Angelina's furious with Harry for getting detention that will make him uh, keep him from keeper tryouts. She makes him promise to ask Umbridge to let him off that night. So he heads up to her office, which is pink and lacy and kitteny, and is immediately informed that Umbridge thinks his punishment is better if it takes him away from tryouts. Harry just manages to control himself when Umbridge tells him he'll be writing lines for detention, using her special pen. He's to write, I must not tell lies until it sinks in. As soon as he starts writing, there's a sharp pain on the back of his hand. The quill is cutting into him, using his blood as ink, but he will not show weakness to Umbridge, who's clearly looking for a reaction. He keeps at it for hours, and at the end of the night, Umbridge is disappointed. The next morning, he and Ron are catching up on homework. Why didn't Ron do it last night? And Harry decides uh, not to tell Ron and Hermione what happened, just that he did lines. The second detention is the same, and by the end of it, Harry has scratches that won't go away. Harry finds Ron hiding from Fred and George. He's trying out for Gryffindor Keeper and is uh, keeping it from them. He also notices Harry's hand and wants him to go to McGonagall or Dumbledore or someone. Harry refuses. The third detention is the same, with Harry's hand even more mangled by the end of it. But when Umbridge reaches out for his hand, he gets a flash of pain across his scar. When he gets back to the common room, celebration. Ron's been made keeper. Angelina isn't completely sold on Ron as keeper, but there it is. Uh, Hermione wakes up to hear about Harry's scar hurting in Umbridge's office, but he refuses to go to Dumbledore. I am well over time. Um, Stopping there. Although, to be fair... You stopped at 2.11, but... It was 2.10. It was, it was 2.10. You gotta flash the peace um, sign so I know when you're done. Well, sorry. I was also trying to... Um, I apologize to all of our listeners. My cat is rolling around and packing material behind <laughs> my head right now. So. We'll call Surprisingly it quiet. We'll call it 2.10.05. I think that's about where we were. Okay. Um, this is a doozy of a chapter, guys. It is a... It is something. I mean, it's, I think, the longest chapter we've had yet in this book, and it feels it. There is a lot of material here, and there is, again, the story seems to be enjoying to work in the, enjoy the idea of repetition and the pain that can be associated with that. In this case, physical and literal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, term, yeah. in terms of physical and literal pain, uh, BJ, Wizard Wheezes. Uh, so, there's this great image that I have based on what's actually written in the text, uh, I know that this was not what was intended. Um, so they're they're at dinner, and Hermione gets pissy about people talking about Harry. And it says, she slammed down her own knife and fork. Ron looked sadly at his half-finished apple pie, but followed suit. And this indicates that he slams down his knife and fork after looking sadly at his apple. Uh-huh. Because it doesn't say that she left or anything else. It's just like, oh geez, I have to, I have to support her and do the same thing, and and this is what I'll friends slam do. down my silverware, I guess. I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I, I I think that this is a you know they're getting up to leave the table, uh, and he he had other things that he wanted to do, but. Um, <laughs> Also, uh, slightly before this, actually, I usually try and go in order. Uh, and I'm going to put forth that Hermione is the winner of the chapter based solely on something that happens early in the chapter. Um, okay, it lay it is, on us. It is one of the first things uh, that happens in the chapter. Harry is unhappy that Hermione and Ron are fighting again and says, can't we just 
do homework. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a profound mm-hmm. effect she has had upon him. Yes. Um, and so I, I think she has won this chapter with nothing else going on. Uh, I mean, there are a bunch of other things that, that maybe have her have a good chapter, but um, I'm going to say this is a win for her. Um, I, w- I will say, and I know we'll we'll get there when we do winners and losers of the chapter, mm-hmm. but it, you might have pushed Hermione over the top to, to win, but whether or not she is the winner, she had the most going on this chapter. <laughs> Yes, she had she had a lot there, going on. There's just we're we're getting like real uh, third book vibes from Hermione here. <laughs> but it's also background, like she's doing a lot of stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. She's sort of not mm-hmm. like in the forefront. So, um, Which it's I an actually interesting. Think it's super interesting because yeah. I sorry to to interrupt, but I think it's interesting when we get these insights into characters that are not Harry and what they're doing outside of Harry's mm-hmm. life, right? Um, it's been interesting with Harry becoming more of his own independent character and us getting more of his actual perspective it has in some ways made Hermione and Ron at times seem more remote because we're actually feeling like we're experiencing the story through Harry and he isn't able to see through their heads or always know what they're doing and so mm -hmm. they often feel like they have lives entirely separate from his and to a a degree you almost feel Harry's resentment over that fact yeah um how do you guys feel about chocolate and chill or desserts and date rape? Because uh, that's 100% what's going on here. Oh, um, God, Fred and George? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like the, the bow is tied on this when uh, feel all right, said George kindly to a small dark-haired girl lying at his feet. I, I think so, she said shakily. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they're definitely doing some questionable, very, very questionable things here. Um, and I have, I have read this book many, many times and have lived through many, many spates of the media covering date rape as a thing. Never once have I connected the two here, but we do uh, eventually get like actual love potions and they are batshit. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't know. This is possibly tame compared to them. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe. Um, (laughs) So, following up on that, the question that I have for for you guys is, Malfoy saying that uh, maybe Hagrid has been messing, messing with stuff that's too big for him, if you get my drift. I got nothing. I got no clue what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> See, I have an idea uh, that it's sort of in the same realm of things, that he might be interested in some giantess. Uh, and and leaning into his uh, racist comments that we've gotten so commonly before. It, it may also just simply reflect that the ministry itself is putting in place uh, more non-human laws and restrictions, given how much the non-human human ministry connection has been playing up so far in the story. Uh, I, that, it seems like it's a good idea. That would be the kind of obvious on-the-nose thing that Malfoy would reference, is just that he's a giant, he's big, giant's bad, therefore Hagrid out. Yeah. Um, I will be abstaining from answering this question as I do, in fact, know the answer to this question. Good. Interesting. Um, it's obviously not my answer. Otherwise, you'd be a lot more unhappy right now. <laughs> um, I, I do do appreciate, and this, this was in your intro, the uh, blibbering humdinger and the crumple-horned snorkback. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of... Um, 
lack of creativity in spells and a lot of other things that we've been dealing with uh, in, in middle books. And this, this feels like a lot more of an early chapter throwback, uh, which I appreciate. Though it's, I don't know, a little bit of, of, of a, you know, not, not too much to tide us through. It, it feels like we're either plot creative or word creative um, and mm. that they, they get uh, balanced. Well, Luna as a character is here to provide more of that balance that you might want, BJ. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious to see where her uh, radish earrings take us. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a little disappointed she doesn't have other weird earrings. I would have like expected other root vegetables or maybe pumpkins or you know maybe maybe it has to fit like the season or something mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, she seems like the type to have a slew of vegetable based earrings so this is perhaps a little bit of a spoiler and i can't remember if it if it ties directly to these earrings or not but most of what she wears that is nuts has to do with some sort of antidote to something that may or may not exist in the world so she basically has tinfoil hats yes she does in the form of radish earrings so in the form of radish earrings as in there is like a magical thing associated with it or in the form of it's much more like a tinfoil hat like magic bigfoot is afraid of radishes so she wears it in her ears yeah, it's more the latter. Okay. Yeah. As the common reaction to most of what Luna talks about is Hermione's reaction to her talking about the the humdingers and the Snorlax or whatever they are. Yeah. Snorlax are Pokemon. They are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> Nevertheless. I am both impressed that you pulled one out and also that you recognize that it was a Pokemon once you did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will refer to Nabokov's gun again at some point, though. So, you know, <laughs> buckle up. Anything further, BJ? Uh, no, those are my, my wheezes for, for this chapter. All right. Well, for Newbie's notes, I, I very much enjoy when Hermione agrees with us, and she basically opens with the idea that, yeah, people in a vacuum are going to think the worst about you because Dumbledore kind of sort of messed this up, and I don't understand. Is that, like, Harry's still in a certain degree of shock. Why is everyone thinking horrible of me? And Hermione's like, because you showed up with a dead body and then we went to summer vacation. What else were they going to think? One speech does oh. not a so, something make. I don't know. Yes. Uh, I'll watch out that. One speech doesn't doesn't sway the, the hearts and minds of the people. Um, I wanted to mention a... And I, I don't, I, I try to not uh, get spoiled, and I don't believe this is a spoiler, but there was a, a theory that seems to be borne out that Hogwarts is funded by the Ministry of Magic to provide a place for UK area wizards to get education. And mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because, I mean, th- I think this is something that we've talked about too because that's sort of like the only thing that makes sense for Hogwarts to exist. I think that we just got a stern talking to to Dumbledore about what he is allowed and not allowed to do if he wants Hogwarts to stay open. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I imagine that this was in the, like, we're happy to close down Hogwarts for a year and just delay everything. Like, we don't mm. care enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
while he may have made a mistake in preventing problems for Harry, it was that or shut down Hogwarts slash have a new headmaster kind of deal. And I enjoy that we've got the characters within the story pondering that because the next thing we get from Hermione is, why would Dumbledore allow Dolores Umbridge in here? What's he thinking? What's his plan here? Which is just like flashing lights to the leader. This is an issue. This doesn't make sense. Remember this. Ponder this. This will be this will be brought back to later. Which is exactly in your vein, BJ. Just that the man must have had his feet run up, just held up to the coals. There's no other logical reason by which he would agree to do this. It's an utter. It's complete anathema to the philosophy he's previously represented on the independence of Hogwarts and being separate from the Ministry. That he has a just let Harry to rot, which he kind of vaguely done that before, but he's had his reasons. But B, allow the ministry to directly intervene on his teaching style and his, you know, preferred method of learning for his students? Unheard of. Uh, I'm also got a serious bone to pick with Harry, who has the utter gall to say, well, it's not like we've ever had a good defense against the dark arts teacher. Sir. Sir. (laughs) In a world where Lupin exists, eat those words. In a world where fake Moody exists, eat those words. Sure, he turned out to be a somewhat, you know, homicidal maniac, but again, given the standard you've gotten with teachers previously, he taught you what you needed to know before he tried to kill you. That is... They still learned a lot. They learned a whole lot. And, ultimately, he effectively gave them a live fire opportunity to deal with his defense against the dark arts lessons. That's teaching for you. Uh, the last two chapters have heavily emphasized, and I just... I, maybe it was clear before, and I just didn't get it that Harry and Ron would not even be passing if it was not for the fact they were cheating off Hermione. It's like, was that clear in prior books? Was that just a bunch? Was that just something I missed? Or are they just heavily dialing into the fact that these guys don't have any ability to get even a letter grade in their classes without stealing her notes? I think that what's interesting is like now we're in the fifth book and they could have, I think, in previous books, but now they're like, they're muscles for doing it themselves are so atrophied that they just can't oh no that they just can't i mean i guess there's some of me that that wants to go with like they work on it together and like there's at least Mm -hmm. some input and it's like they have a discussion about what happened in class and then they each go write their thing and yes hermione's like supplying a lot more but like clearly harry and maybe Ron, like, do you look for stuff? Like, they looked up the Moonstone thing, and Ron was just like, I don't know what to do with this. What, I mean, with the Moonstone example, the they were supposed to write an essay on Moonstone, I think, for uh, Snape's class. Potions, for yeah. mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the first thing they do is Ron writes the title and then turns to Hermione to find out what the hell Moonstone even is because he took no notes in class. And when Hermione walks away, he just turns to Harry and says, well, we're screwed. There's nothing we can do now. <laughs> Clearly, there is no means to find knowledge independent of that woman over there. Like you said. Maybe Ron is projecting onto Harry at this moment, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I also Harry's imagine... going to write a perfectly fine essay. I need you to be too, please. <laughs> yes. I also imagine that some of it is, like, the amount of time that they have. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and Ron is absolutely not prepared to spend library time when he could be doing literally anything else, well, especially he alone. Very, he is very focused on his um, clandestine training for Keeper as well. This is true. Yes. He, he's becoming... And um, his hat tricks. Thank you for that one, BJ. I'll 
try to make it through it. Uh, I am with you, though, on the subject of Fred and George. It's not funny. It isn't funny. It's horrible. It's exactly what we were joking about the last chapter, where they are engaging in unregulated human testing, and let's even ignore the issue of informed consent. They're not even trying with that. Harry's basically just saying these little kids had no idea that they were going to be asleep or for how long. They don't have even the slightest clue what effect this is going to have on another person. This is a live fire experiment with no certain outcome. Sure, they could die, and they are utterly indifferent to that possibility. These are bad I mean, people. Science is messy, right, BJ? I mean, littered with bodies. What can you do? Um, so... <laughs> The other part of this that, I don't know, is weird is, first of all, they have support from at least one other person. What, Harry's financial funding? Uh, no, what's his, uh, there was a third person. I can't remember his name. There was a third person Uh, there, yeah. Yeah, um, there's that, but, which I feel like we need to delve into. But, like, there is a choice of everybody in the wizarding world to eat jelly beans that could be terrible. And mm-hmm. it's just a define terrible and like what is included in this. Cause we definitely have vomit. Do we have like a decomposing body? I mean, there, there is a whole lot of like, I, I don't think that these were even explained to Harry. Like, you know, yes, this is over a line, but there are definitely degrees of things that are okay. And things that aren't that are going on here that everybody's just like, this is fine. Uh, it was when acid pops are being sold <laughs> without ID in the store. To, like what? Ten year olds? Again, how old? How yeah. old are first years? Eleven year olds. Uh, it was Lee, by the way, was the other person that was there with him. Oh yeah. Um, we're getting a lot of secondary characters. This book finally actually having things to do. I feel like I actually need to keep track now. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, so I, I'm completely in Hermione's camp on this. It's just an issue of where you should threaten to tell their moms. You should just have like a constant instant message chain with the mom going. Just give her a daily update on what the shit her kids have gotten into. She wants to know and they need the repercussions. Uh, I think it's fine. I'm glad you think it's fine. It isn't. (laughs) Uh, Ron and then her hand is continually finding new ways to disappoint me every day. uh, Just even more and more. And it's like, dude, you've got the power. You want, I know you actually want to punish your brothers to some degree. Why ain't you? Who cares about blowback? They're going to do this to you anyway. It's what they do. Just use something to make the world a better place. Come on, you actually have the means. Is he getting a cut of the profits? Oh, God, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, honestly, like, if if I were Fred and George, I 100% would be doing that. I don't think they, they, they know they don't have to, though, because Ron thinks they're cool and doesn't want them to think he's a narc. Yeah. That, like, that's enough. That, that's it, literally all that's happening. It, it is 100% that. They don't have any actual required means to buy him off, so why would they? Uh, I am, on the other hand, very much in Ron's side with respect to uh, Hermione's tricking the house elves plan. That's really actually kind of wrong, Hermione. I know your heart's in the right place, but you are forcing... Huh. You're forcing manumission on the house elves without any issue of consent, without any discussion as to what that might bring... In the examples you've seen before, what is the current ratio to her, to half el- to house elves that have been truly messed up as a result of freedom versus those that have been okay with it? One to one. Yeah, one to one. And I think one of those is possibly more representative than the other as to what the average house elf would react to. 
And we also- I guess also, like, do they suddenly know they have freedom? Like, what, <laughs> what changes? Like, it, it yeah. this just seems like, I, mean, I don't know, we had... Dobby, Dobby knew the moment he got a sock. Dobby did know the moment he had a sock in his hand, Dobby was free. So... Right. But but I don't know that like there is an intrinsic change as opposed to a, I've been wanting to be free of these crazy people for a long time, and now I'm free and I can do whatever I want. As a And there's only one example of a freed house elf. And so... Like, I just imagine a lot of house elves accidentally getting hats and just not changing what they're doing. So is that what's happening to the hats as the house elves are grabbing them, realizing to their horror what happened, then quietly burning them and hoping nobody notices? <laughs> okay, that's canon now. Thank you. Uh, we'll learn more about it later. Oh God, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, McGonagall apparently is on the complete opposite side to Umbridge when it comes to the importance of skill-based learning, uh, based on her description of what they actually need to do to prepare for the owls. And it's been really interesting to see her get all, you know, caring about her students and humany in terms of how she's interacting with them. But we get the her actions, her interactions with Harry the last chapter, which was the first time he ever saw her as being even vaguely human. And in this chapter, she takes the time to to speak up for Neville and encourage him that his only flaw has been his confidence. Which is like, oh, this is a warm and fuzzy sign of McGonagall we haven't had the opportunity to see it before. I'm all here for it. And BJ, we don't need to be remembered that her drunk is all kinds of warm and fuzzy. We're good. Um... Um, not if she's shaved so like the other thing that that's super interesting that we're getting is we're getting a lot of people that speak really well of neville Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. i i think at this point it's a little bit more than they're just trying to talk him up Uh, it, it may at this point be an issue where neville has actually improved to the degree that he is mostly just being held back by the fact that he remembers how he was and can't ever get beyond that yeah. And it's taking the world to try to get him to accept where he, how far he has come. Uh, let's see here. It, on the subject of house points, um, am I, I, I'd be curious to do the math, but at this point, does Hermione basically earn all points for Gryffindor during the course of the year? Harry then loses them all, but at the end of the year, Harry pulls something out of his ass or Dumbledore just still gives it to him and then they get all the points back that Hermione won. I think it's much more Dumbledore pulls something out of Harry's ass to give them the, the house cup. It's like, well, Harry did something. Hey. They win. That is that is the general trajectory, I believe, yes, of the, the Gryffindor house points. Uh, is there going to be a Ministry of Magic awarded house cup this year? Ooh. Ooh. This, feel, this feels like the year to do it. Slytherin is a, is a shoe in under those circumstances. Collection of purebloods, they're all, they're all there for that. Is that fair to say that Slytherin probably has a higher proportion of purebloods than any other house? I think so, yeah. Does Slytherin have non-purebloods? Yes, it does. It would have to. There's just not enough of them. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it would have to, but that's how the house was founded. And, and like, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, interbreeding, and some of them have large families. Like, who knows? It it does have non-purebloods, and we, we find out exactly... Well, no, we actually, we know this because uh, Voldemort has told us multiple times that his father was a muggle. Valid point. That's a good example. Um, it was nice to have, we ended, I think, the last chapter with McGonagall saying, at least you're listening to Hermione every now and then. And then we in- immediately have in this chapter, uh, Hermione repeating almost word for word McGonagall's advice to Harry about 
to just keep your head down. Don't purposefully incite them. They can hurt you and they have the power to do so. It's the exact same advice. It's just applied to Draco rather than applied to Dolores Umbridge. So it's a great little parallel point. And McConaughey was 100% correct. Listen to Hermione. She's just going to repeat the same teacherly advice you're getting from different sources without seemingly we knowing have, it. We've talked about... Uh, Dumbledore and the Sorting Hat having conversations late at night in Dumbledore's office. I like to think that Hermione and McGonagall are just hanging out, drinking hot cocoa, eating biscuits. Oh, oh, McGonagall turns into a cat and just curls up in Hermione's lap. I can see it happening. There you go. Yep. Uh, Do you think uh, McGonagall and Crookshanks get along? I would love to know if they have met. That's a side story I want to read. Yeah, because we also don't get Mrs. Norris and Crookshanks interacting with each other or mrs norris and mcgonagall in cat form we don't get enough cats interacting with each other in this story just at all no they're they really are occupying different corners of of the castle i think what's the name of that test about whether it's two women having a conversation about something other than men issues the bechdel test what's the catdell test we need that applied to this story (laughs) uh i enjoy that harry is in just abject denial and just stubborn denial on the subject of maybe there could be a viable alternative to Hagrid. Just like, just even the idea that he had a good day is abhorrent to him and he's refusing to accept it. Uh, It's a little weird. It's very in keeping with Harry. It's the same thing as he saw on the train. Just the idea that Hagrid's Mm -hmm. not the best thing since sliced bread is appalling to his loyal coterie. Luna's back with her radish earrings and her unquestioning support of Harry, which... According to Hermione, is specifically because no one else believes him, which, if so, is great. Uh, and inherently self-defeating, because the moment when er- Ernie Macmillan then woke up and supported Harry afterwards, did Luna said, well, I'm out. It was a good five-second <laughs> run, but I'm done. I-, I can see why she and Hermione are basically oil and water. They, From what we've heard described about Luna, I can't see them meeting minds on much. Uh, I-, I can see them meeting minds on... Like, certain weird conspiracy theories. One where Luna Lovegood just gets, like, random crap. And the other where Hermione has deeply researched something and found, like, discrepancies in some weird book in the library. Mm -hmm. And she hates it so much that Luna is on the same side. Like, this would (laughs) just be, like, I don't, like, sitting in a corner, like, I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Yeah. It's true. I can kind of picture them arriving at the same point, but by going opposite directions around the circle. Uh, Ernie Macmillan is, again, one of those categories of people of where I feel like we've heard about this guy since book one. I still can't tell you what he looks like, what he does, what his grade have been in any particular course. But we're taking the time to see that he has opinions and involvement in the story, which, you know, given my prior scarring experiences with fantasy, basically are sending me death flags where, oh god, this guy's being characterized after after having been vaguely around the entire time. Gonna die in 50 pages. Uh, <laughs> but maybe this isn't that kind of story. Maybe. Um, it's also interesting that, like, we get some interesting, like, almost run-ins that Harry has with people that's very much a, like, just wait till this, like, comes to fruition in later chapters. Um, I I think you're going to get there eventually, Spencer. Uh, But we did have, like, an interaction early on, I think, at dinner where they left because Harry didn't want to talk to, uh, I can't remember, one of the other uh, Gryffindor students. uh, Seamus? Oh, was it Seamus? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just moving on to the subject of the quill. Oh, fucking dear God. I mean, 
that can't be legal. That that sounds like something that was intended as an evil torture device before they banned corporate pun- corporal punishment in schools. It sounds like something that's being brought from a bygone era that the, only the Inquisition was willing to bust out on special occasions. And yet Dolores Umbridge just has it handy. It's just her utterly casual and self-contented sadism is both, I pardon me putting it this way, it's a delightful addition to the story just because of how foreign it is. I mean... Mm-hmm. Even Inquisition, BJ, Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, I mean, Voldemort wasn't just this casually cruel. He was more theatrically cruel. She is just, it, it's just with a, pla- with a plastic smile on her face. It's such self-contented evil. That's really unique to this story. And it makes for just a, such an odd throwing a heavy rock into the middle of the lake disruption on anything we've had previously. Uh I don't really know what to say about it yet, other than this is a level of just self-absorbed malevolence I did not expect and don't know what to deal with. I think that she was a good friend of Mrs. Black and got a, uh, of House a magic item. Uh-huh. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this really feels like... This does feel like those knickknacks of horrors that they were cleaning up. Right. Um, and... There, it's a really weird thing. Uh, like this does also seem like a, a teacher specific thing. It does because, um, and also it's interesting that there's healing associated with it. And I guess it's what what do we think the healing means? Because at some point it doesn't. Like, is it like a it heals a certain extent or my. My thought on it is it's tied with Harry's beliefs. And mm. this is kind of like him breaking. How much is it actually having an impact? Like she says at the very in the very first detention, when it sinks in, right? Yeah. When it sinks into both your flesh, but when it sinks into your, your consciousness as well. Yeah. I mean, mm. honestly, I was really hoping that this would have been a it set like it set in immediately because it would it would mean that he's not able to lie to her or something like in those lines like a a real magic thing that was evil but also she would be hoisted on, on her own petard because then it'd just be like no he was telling the truth and she'd be pissed and like get at him another way i i very much hope it's got that kind of lingering effect and that kind of lingering magical effect i don't think it will my assumption no. at the time would be, and this is a bit of an in-joke, it was the equivalent of a pillowcase full of nickels, and just that it wouldn't leave a lasting scar so there could be blowback on the teacher that was using it. Because um, the fact that it fades immediately, but the pain sticks with him and the dread of it, kind of makes it that just kind of horrible means of abuse, because it provides plausible deniability when you wield it. Mm-hmm. Which is I mean, it, horrible. It's also a really interesting... And maybe weird tie-in with sort of witches of lore using blood for signatures and contracts and and other things like that. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I I could sort of see it being used for that. Um, So maybe it's like just a really old version of, like, people thinking that they need to sign contracts with the devil or something like that. But the other side of it is, like, magic to a certain extent, as in its modern form, has been around for, like, 500 years. So, like, it's really hard to, like, put those together. And, I mean, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but, like, the lack of explanation of magical items is getting to be 
a little problematic for me in mm. terms of like the story. They just sort of seem to be there when they when they like to make some point and they're just like a thing out in the world and with no real basis in anything else. Mm. Uh, moving on, I kind of actually appreciate I thought Harry's reasons for keeping it keeping secret what Dolores was doing to him. At first they frustrated me, but once he stated what his reasons were, they were so in keeping with Harry that the mere act of revealing the fact that he's being hurt would in some way in his mind be a win for Umbridge, and he can't let that happen. He can't give her even the possibility that it would get back to her that she's actually gotten to him. That is very Harry. That is very Harry stubbornness. That is very Harry pride. And I think it's actually a pretty good read on, on Umbridge. She wants him to, she wants to see him weak. She wants to see him bow. She wants to hear this has hurt him. And if we want to ascribe a lot more maturity to Harry than I think he actually has, if he went to Dumbledore with this, Dumbledore would do something. And that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. Yes, it would. Yes. Yes. That's a good call. Mm -hmm. um, I I think that he's making maybe a right choice, but not for quite the right reasons. But like, if you want to read into it a little bit more, maybe he's kind of getting he's kind of backing himself into into this I, I would agree if we then didn't end the chapter with harry again deciding not to tell somebody his scar is hurting who is he gonna tell dumbledore of course dumbledore I, I, why not no. dumbledore it's a barometer <laughs> we all know it's a barometer harry knows it's a barometer dumbledore knows it's a barometer if it's nothing it will be dismissed as nothing but you have to tell somebody I think he needs to tell Molly. Sure. I, because I think Dumbledore's... There you go. Like, because the Order of the Phoenix is there and in place. He can write a letter to Molly that's not... That's not going to be taken weirdly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my head's been hurting and, you know... Like, you know, right above my right eye or something. People, like, know that it's a scar. But, like, it's not like he can uh, write to uh, his faithful puppy... Um, and I think involving Dumbledore, like, as long as, I feel like I need to lean into Harry having matured over the last five books, and so the not going to Dumbledore at some point needs to not just be, we would not have a book, uh, if he just talked to Dumbledore, and has to be like, there's some more reasoning there. Um, and so with that, like, I think he can't go running to Dumbledore because, because Voldemort's now out in the open and anything to do with Voldemort is now essentially going to be punished by the Ministry of Magic and Dumbledore is in their crosshairs. We can make a reasonable case for the less Dumbledore is actually involved in any of this in the immediate times, the better. I would accept that if I didn't deem it more risky for him to send a message to Molly than it, when I, than it would for him to walk down the hall and tell Dumbledore. I'm willing to believe Dumbledore's got more secret means of communicating than Harry probably does, and they've been warned about the idea of being too open in their communications with other people. Yeah, but like writing a letter to his surrogate mom, I feel like, I don't know. Is he going like to put it in code? I, I don't know that Dumbledore has is able to have secret meetings right now. Well, Dumbledore can use flu powder in a way that Harry can't, apparently. That's true. But this is all sort of predicated on the idea that Harry... 
Harry is mad at Dumbledore because Dumbledore doesn't like him anymore. This is the actual reason that he's not doing this. There's no concrete yes. planning here. There's no yeah. long-term pondering of motivations and strategic <laughs> yeah. behavior. This is daddy. Got, daddy was mean to me the other day and I don't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is how yeah. Harry deals with everything in his life. So, <laughs> Well, on, on that delightfully immature note, Sarah, who won and who lost this chapter? We know who BJ would recommend. I, I actually kind of like the idea of Hermione winning this chapter, although I, I do think that she had a bunch of like ups and downs in in all of the stuff that she was doing, how it was being taken. She had a lot of fights, which was... She's getting more punchy. Which was interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ron needs to be mentioned. For winner? Yeah. That's true. Well, he did become Keeper, which is... <laughs> Huge. He did, but Angelina just utterly trashed him when she was talking privately with Harry. It's like, yeah, but, but he Ron doesn't didn't know. hear that. He didn't, but it's not great. It doesn't portend good things. And Ron successfully got out of having to deal with his brothers. I deem that a character failing. <laughs> yes, but it is in line with his goals over the fine, course of the chapter. Fine. He yeah. is very self-contented by the end of this chapter. I actually think Ron probably did have the best chapter of everyone. It's never um, happened before. Yeah. I'm not sure that it has, to be honest with you. So let's give it to Ron. Um, uh, I think Ron Hermione had, got into... Ron had the chess chapter in book one. Oh, he must have won that one. Yeah. Um, but that might have been it. <laughs> that might have been it. We might be four books on. Uh, yeah, Hermione had a bunch of ups and downs. And I do think, like... She did seem a little manic over the course of this chapter. Yeah, she did. And honestly, um, the start of the chapter was better for her than the end. And that's really what true. we need to judge on. I mean, I, yeah. and I just needed to, to put out there that Harry wanted to do homework. And this was, this was an excellent development for Hermione, yes. Question, by the way. At the end of this book, at the end of this chapter, we find Hermione asleep in a chair next to the fire. Is the implication mm-hmm. she's exhausted or that Fred and George drugged her? The implication is that she's exhausted. Just um, checking, because Fred and George are the one that yeah. point out that she's asleep, don't disturb her. And I was like, mm, mm. That's Well, that's fair. But I do think that with, especially, it's it's the hat knitting that has really cut into her sleep time. Yes. Um, I actually... Which, hard agree. Yes. But go I, ahead. I, I'm not surprised. Um, I do want to mention Umbridge for winning the chapter. Yeah. She does get what she wants. Like, I, I don't yeah. I don't think she deserves it because mm-hmm. because she didn't really break Harry and like and yes. like we kind of know that she's like she's getting what she wants. But um, it's also so petty. It is so childishly petty. She is physically scarring to the point of bleeding. Oh, what is Harry fifteen at this point? Because mm-hmm. he was snarky to her in class. It is so utterly shockingly childish um so it's like i am even if she got what she wanted it is just such low scale objectives in life i don't want to give credit as a large win yeah and 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 to like to your point bj she didn't break harry we know we know as the audience that she didn't break harry um and also, like, she, even though she had, I think, a little bit of a moment of satisfaction at the end, she was frustrated for a lot of her interactions with Harry That's true. Yeah. Um, over the course of this. So, I mean, I think it's yeah. just worth pointing out that this torture that she inflicts is a good chapter. It is a yes. is good things to happen for this her. It's a win for her. And, yes, it is. It is worth pointing out. And, and it's interesting because it's also 
Well, now we have two teachers that in very different ways are going to be abusing Harry. Mm -hmm. I don't think Snape would be okay with this if he actually found out about it. I don't think so either. Snape talks a big game, but we have not seen any evidence that he does this particularly, right? Most of what we've seen is him actually saving students from hurting themselves worse in his class. And Mm -hmm. a significant portion of what we see of his class time is him escorting people to the nurse when they get hurt. I mean, and the other side of it is like, you know, he probably would stand up to her. I mean, like, he seems a little lily-livered, but like, I don't think he's actually like afraid of confrontation but like he does seem to slink around a lot so yeah, I mean, he also from best as we can tell at least according to Dumbledore is very loyal to Dumbledore so it seems mm-hmm. like he'd be objecting to Umbridge just on principle for that but I, 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 I um, who would we say then is our loser based on our multiple options for winner I think it has to be Harry in this chapter um, Man, a rough three days like he- he didn't break, but it's just a rough time. And on top of that, he's dealing with, like, I think it's clear through, to me, it's clear through the narration that he is annoyed at Everett. Ron and Hermione bitter, bickering about stuff. He's mad about Dumbledore. Um, he's sort of over just about everything over the course of this chapter. Yeah. In, in this book so far, who makes Harry happy? Who doesn't just inherently... Is it just Cho Chang? Is Cho Chang the one person that doesn't inherently piss him off? And, like, kind of Luna, I think, right? Possibly Luna. He's mm, afraid to be... Maybe. Afraid of, he's yeah. afraid to be associated with her. He's also very confused by her. But, you know. That's uh, a Mr. Weasley? At this point, I guess. The, the, the Weasley parents, yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. Molly... I, I think he did he's, get a little annoyed at Molly. Oh, oh, yeah. True. I mean, mostly because she and Sirius are not... Yes. Not on good terms. Yeah, this is the book in which Harry is mad at the world. <laughs> he's 15 again? This That's on point. Yes. Um, okay, so... And he's actually Ron... cutting himself. Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> um, this is an interesting pairing, though. Ron Winner, Harry, Harry loser. loser of this yep. chapter. Bad, isn't it? But, I mean, as I said, Ron's won once the entire time, and I don't think Harry lost that chapter either, so I think this may be the first time we've ever had that. I don't think that. so, no. Yeah. You ready for a few questions? I don't have many. Sure. Lay them on me. Are there any rules for detention? Is what Dolores Umbridge doing against the rules? Are there rules? I don't think that there are. I don't think that there are set rules for detention. I do think, well, as evidenced by the fact that uh, Hagrid was just able to take them into the Forbidden Forest in their first year, which they were explicitly forbidden from going into. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that this is, as we talked about before, if Dumbledore knew that this was what was happening, it would be a sort of ad hoc, absolutely fucking not. I mean, I remind me... But I think, I think it is, I think the system is, it is up to the teacher's discretion. Remind me who the name of the groundskeeper is. Uh, or the... Hagrid's Hagrid's the groundskeeper, but Filch is the caretaker. Caretaker, right. He's previously advocated, like, students being strung up, right, or something like that? I think it's not supposed to be physical violence, I think is what the line is supposed to be, and this crosses that line. Okay. I was trying to think about whether there'd be any teacher at Hogwarts that we've seen so far that would be okay with this. I think he's it. Everybody else seems Mm -hmm. like this would just be utter... It's torture in a way that I can't see anybody anybody approving of. And he's not even a teacher. Yes. True, yeah. It filtered, he, yeah. He's staff, administrative. And there, 
and there are rules for how teachers can conduct their classes and conduct themselves. We saw it in the last book when fake Moody transfigured uh, Malfoy into a weasel and was bouncing him around and McGonagall came out and said in no uncertain terms that we do not use transfiguration as a punishment for students. That's true, I remember that. Um, so there are lines. Does the ministry have lines? Because that's been previously talked about it where there are ministry rules and restrictions for teaching and everything else. Would um, would Umbridge's actions get her in trouble with the ministry? Uh, no. Well, that's I don't. Terrifying. I don't think so. I mean, has has uh, Umbridge with, taught with before? With this administration, right? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Interesting, because like she, it feels like she had this ready to go in a way that spoke of she has done things like this before. Mm-hmm. And but it doesn't necessarily have to be in a teaching setting. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, like, any other setting would be weird unless they have, like, a Ministry of Magic Black site on, uh, like, the Isle of Man or something. I mean, she's a member of the Spanish Inquisition. This doesn't feel that far out, far off of what they would inflict of the auto de fe. And we have seen that Azkaban exists, so... (laughs) Yeah. Ah, you're in here for five years. Every day, start writing. Other questions? Do we find more about this quill? The quill certainly comes up again. We don't really find out about like the mechanisms by which it works, which I think is what you were talking about was frustrating you, BJ. Yeah. Um, I like to think of it as the sort of uh, dark sister of Rita Skeeter's quick quotes quill. <laughs> uh, is there like, um, for like a lot of fantasy universes, there's like an encyclopedia of magical artifacts or things like that that you will see. Mm-hmm. Has anything like that been published for Harry Potter? Because I'm totally buying it after we finish the series. Fantastic beats and where to find them. Yeah, we have the animals, but the objects, I don't know. It'd be, um, we'll have to look into it, though. She's leaving money on the table if that's not been published. She can buy a new referendum. Mm. Uh, Any questions from you, BJ? No, I, no. (laughs) All right. I mostly have complaints and quibbles that I've voiced throughout my uh, wheezing and other segments, so um, I think I'm good for this. Uh, What is our next chapter, then? Chapter 14, Percy and Padfoot. Can, can we look at the... An interesting duo. Uh, can we look at the picture? Yeah, of course. Okay. We always do, Spencer. I know, but sometimes I'm afraid it might be spoilery. Technically, the last one was spoilery if it had been in higher resolution. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's spoilery for, like, what we're about to read, maybe, but, like... Saved by pixelation. Uh, we have gotten this effect before. The, mm-hmm. the head in the, the fireplace. Specifically it from is... Sirius unclear who that is the last head in the fire we had was serious so i'm guessing and we do have him in the title of this chapter that's true i don't remember him having long hair but that's just probably he does yeah yeah all right well this has been fun (laughs) yeah it was a weird chapter and i'm expecting the next one's gonna be just as weird so looking forward to it bye guys